relegated queens of the South finally back in my home studio, Casa de la Kelly. I said that completely wrong, but we're just going to go with it. Welcome back. We're glad to have you. We're just sitting here chilling. A lot's gone on in our lives recently. What have you got going on? Well, I am preparing for a new arrival. I'm not oh, pregnant. Yeah. I'm not pregnant. Just <laughs> I will be having. Yeah, that's just a little, it's a little bit worrisome when you lead it off like that. Well, I thought I'd be Ooh. dramatic. That was a very surprise. Good. Surprise. No, no, I, I haven't even told Sebastian if it was. No, we, we are going to get a puppy. We are having a puppy. I have a puppy coming on the 22nd of May. That is part of the reason why we had to sort of bail out of New York, but we oh. will have a baby puppy coming, so I'm excited that, well, for that's that. that's exciting regardless. Yeah. What kind of a puppy is it? We're getting a pug. Do I look like a pug mom? I think I look yes. like a pug mom. Yes, you do, but only the kind of pug mom that will also be like Tito is and dance around with the pug and like put silly outfits on the Do you think Tito pug? will go on like a pug, pug date? Yeah, maybe we can pug? put on pug dates. Maybe your pug should get old enough yeah. to go on a date. Photos. I shouldn't be pimping out my eight-week-old yeah, puppy, should I, for Tito? That. Pug limitations here, people. Pug, pug rights. Rights to pugs. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Have you already decided what you're going to uh, name him, her? Is it a her? I think it's a, well, it's a girl. Okay. And we're working on it, but we're thinking of someone like Mulan. Just because pugs are Chinese, you know, Mulan's a badass lady. I and it's kind of really cool. Like that. that is probably one of my favorite Disney movies, just because... Um, it kind of empowers women. Yeah. It's kind of. Kind of. <laughs> she, she's doing it all for the man, I mean, but, you oh, know. Oh, they're also making a live action video of that, do you Yeah, know? like in 2020. Yeah, I'm That's next year. Jesus. 2020 okay. sounds so far away, and it's right. like seven I'm months away. I'm sitting here thinking Nashville's never going to join, <laughs> nor, nor is Miami. But they're supposed to be joining next year, so we'll see. Who knows? Uh, I... I just had a, you know, speaking of puppies, uh, my dog is four years old now and decided to sit in front of a heater uh, and allow part of her fur to be burned off for some unknown reason. So uh, I've been going through a little bit of a doggy protection crisis with my own uh, 80 pound fluff nugget. Um, <laughs> so it's just been, a, it's been a, a week full of dog issues. Or not blessings and issues. Honestly, your story kind of terrifies me about being a pug mom. I think yeah. that dogs bring a lot of love, but they also bring a lot of financial, you know, burdens. Yeah, I think that just goes with the personality of the dog, and mine's anyway. incredibly lazy. <laughs> but we're getting way off topic, so let's go ahead and go into the, the crust of the details. We are going to have a crap ton of games in a very short span of time. We've already had two games in the past week. We're going to have two more this end of the week. Uh, we've got a few more coming up before the end of the month. I mean, we're going through a full stretch of congestion, just like we went through with CCL. MLS knows how to schedule things, right? Yeah, they really like, know how to schedule house. things. And then what, we have two, three weeks off after that for the international break? Mm -hmm. So it's going to be this whole flurry of us getting a lot of information to you and then a smooth week after that. We're but like, we have the Women's World Cup, so we do. that's, that's going to be very exciting. That's going to be super exciting. So let's go ahead and get into... Midweek, maybe a little bit of Toronto 2 0 win. Um, it's, I gotta say, it's it was midweek last week, so it's sort of hard to go back to a midweek game when you've already had a weekend game. But I will say that when I was in the stadium um, on on that at that game last week, it felt to me for the first time since we started the season like we were getting back to we, the way we were. And it, and it obviously led into the game that we played recently against Orlando, where we had a 1-0 win, a, a good game, I think, in my mind. We sort of got a little tired 
at the end of the second half, but we, we pressured through it and we, and we won against our rivals again. And might I say, going into the details of this rivalry, we are 5-0-2 against Orlando. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. It's impressive, but also it, that, it leads that debate of are we rivals if, we, if it's not a true I, I just don't understand. I'm not going to go into it, but rivalries are just a weird thing over here. Uh, particularly when they haven't existed for a long time. Rivalries yeah. are all based in history yeah. and based in classism and lots of different things in Europe. There's, it's rooted in far more than, okay, it's fairly close to us. Yeah. So I think that a lot of the time the hate is sort of manufactured and that's okay, it's yeah. fun. It's all fun and games and we're joining in with sports culture, but it is hard to call it a rivalry. And also rivalries aren't always based on how competitive the two teams are. Reading, the team I support, has a rivalry with a team called Swindon Town. And I don't remember the last time we played them. I must have been about 10 because they're not even in the same division. Right. But they're still the ones you hate. Yeah. They're still the ones you sing songs about. So it's an interesting thing when it comes to rivalries here. I'm all for it. I think it's a nice part of fan culture. It gives Twitter some banter, you know. Yes. There was a lot of fun. In I your saw opinion, a And then who who would you who is your opinion of who's Atlanta's biggest rival? <laughs> I don't know if we have a rival yet. You know, I think Just it takes of time. Yeah, it takes something to happen. It takes a big sort of history to sort of build up but if you go with geography yeah right now it would be Orlando I guess it's the right. closest team when Nashville comes technically Possibly that moves Nashville, closer yeah. but again it's so new it's hard to develop a rivalry unless we manufacture it right. and I guess that's what we're doing right now and it it's fun been manufactured it's a fun little, but it's fun it's fun banter it's banters with a z <laughs> uh but leading into to to talking about that game and we, we won one zero it's for us as as our team, it's our fourth win of this. It's not our fourth win. It's our fourth straight consecutive. Win, fourth consecutive is the word you're looking for this season. Thank you very much. And we won five of the last six. Yeah. So as far as the way that we were sort of uh, as a team base felt like we started off really rocky. I think we're coming now to a little bit more of where we're on this boat with everybody. It's a little bit more smooth sailing. Without our Barco boat. Without our Barco boat, but just a boat in general. Metaphors. But yeah, so we're, we're, we won five out of the last yeah. six. And might I say, also good note for everybody, is that uh, this weekend we were third in world attendance with 68,000 being at the game versus Orlando for the manufactured rivalry. Uh, but basically the only people we had in front of us were... Uh, uh, Dusseldorf at uh, Borussia Dortmund and Cardiff at Manchester. And Manchester United. There are Manchester two United, Manchesters sorry. in... That's a rivalry. Yes, that United is United and City. Now, that's a real rivalry. But that's a crazy stat when you think about it because that was the last game of the Premier League season. Yeah. Congrats, Man City, for beating Liverpool. I know we've right. probably got a few people that are still heartbroken over that. But yeah. that's a really cool stat. And that wasn't even that impressive of a turnout for us. I mean, it was a Sunday. It was Mother's Sunday. It was freaking 2.30 p.m., which is a... I, I don't like that kickoff time like at all. It, it's, it feels so early. It's kind of nice because you have a little bit of a day afterwards, but it's also weird. It's kind of nice to just go home with your win and go to sleep. Yeah. You know, and yeah. smile and feel good about yourself and then get a good night's sleep. Instead, you've got to live a whole day and talk a load <laughs> about it. But I, I prefer it to, to next week's or tomorrow's kickoff, rather. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be a tough kickoff. We'll talk about that a little later when we have the general thoughts coming up. But what, what were your thoughts overall about the game? Well, I wanted to touch on the fact you talked about the consecutive wins. The yes. fact that we've had four shutouts in a row is a, a really, really convincing stat, honestly. Yeah. It's been something that we've struggled with in the past, keeping shutouts, and it, it's 
a real nice stat for the defenders and it shows how we're coming together as a unit and potentially you could argue that's some of the boys influence coming in you know he's a, yeah. a prolific defender in his time and it's good to know that it's rubbing off on our players <laughs> i got a, i got a dog right in front of me <laughs> just cheesing at me talking about defenders but i i don't really want to get into negatives quite yet but i will touch on it as much as we got the shutout it wasn't that convincing at times. There were yeah. there were multiple occasions where it looked like we were playing out the back a little bit too much, getting a little bit too comfortable on the ball. Of course, we have our usual culprit with that LGP, you know, fantastic player, but sometimes yes. a little bit too confident, uh, you know, leading the way with heart attacks for Brad Guzan was one of my favorite commentary uh, notes I ever heard. That was on. What was the what was uh, again? I think it was Kevin said. Uh, and leading the stat for the most heart attacks given to Brad Guzan is yes, LGP. LGP. It, it's true. I think sometimes he just gets a little bit too comfortable. And in a 1-0 game, you can't be taking risks like that. There were a no. few times where we turned over the ball. Uh, I'll call Brad out. I think he had a fantastic game. And I said that time and time again on Twitter really because I, I give that guy a hard time coming from a goalkeeper background. His footwork was better. His reactions were better. But... He made a few strange decisions that I think were based on the fact he was feeling himself a little bit. Number one strange decision, okay. trying to save a corner kick and tipping the ball back into play right in front of your goal. Yes, I understand it's bad to have a corner, but if you're being chased by a forward, why put the ball back into possession? Number two, I don't know if anyone remembers the time where he came out and tried to take a touch with his chest and clear it on the half volley, that kind of thing, yeah, where he could that. have just headed out the bounds, headed it out of bounds. I'll speak from a goalkeeper. I know how it is. When you're feeling yourself, when you're having a great game, you want to get yeah. your hands on everything. You want to be in the middle of everything. You often see goalkeepers make mistakes after they've made a great save yeah. at the corner kick because they want to come for the corner and get their hands on it no matter what. I think Brad got into a little bit of that. He's a great goalkeeper. He is a great historic goalkeeper. He's proving that he can kind of keep up with the game, but I still think there's elements that he needs to modernize with. So that's kind of my dampening note. Yes, fantastic four shutouts. Yeah. But... Did Orlando miss a few chances that they probably should have put yeah, in the back? they did. Yeah, that they would did. be my thing. We look a little bit shaky at the back still. There's few times where we get complacent and comfortable. And, and, and DeBoer said that in his post-match post, uh, post comments. He basically said, yeah, at times we got a little bit of lax. And will we, abs will we get punished for that later? Absolutely. If we continue to have the same sort of behavior where we are, it's, there, there's a, place where you can feel comfortable on the ball and then there's a place where you can feel overly confident on the ball and there's there's a hard difference between the two of those so I, I would absolutely agree with you that there have been times that we have looked lack, lax on defense and it has leaded to times where Led. we've had leaded leaded I don't care it's led to times where there have been some heart attacks yeah absolutely. and I think that against a stronger opposition that yeah. they punish you for those errors. So it's something we need to look on. It's something we it's, need to work on. It's going to be but, something that we should look for going towards Red Bulls yeah. on, on this upcoming Sunday, mm -hmm. for sure, because they're going to press, and, and you do not want to be lax on defense with that. No. But let's go a little bit. We talked a little about defense. Let's go a little bit into the attack. Main man, Pitti Martinez, finally got his uh, shot on goal. Goal, Pitti Martinez. I sort of called it. I said on Twitter that he would score a goal uh, before the 26th minute. And it was minute 
I'm looking at Jay. I don't know if Jay knows it. No, I didn't. It was minute something. There's a Twitter video of me reacting. She's not just reacting. There's a Twitter video of Kelly shoving it in your face. Yep. Like literally straight in your face that she called it. She was very happy with herself. There was some profanity. Um, I was very hype. All I can say is that... She said hype, just to confirm, because I don't know how much you pronunciated that. There was a lot of hype. There was a lot of hype. I, I called it. I called it. It just made me very happy because I like I had to like let everybody know that I called it because I felt like I was really proud of myself. I was really proud of myself for that. But I think I everyone was everyone was delighted for him. It was nice to see that vibe in the crowd. I know there's been quite a few times in the past games where we've heard some sighs, we've heard some frustrations yeah. with him, and it was nice to see everyone suddenly change their colors. That's how we are. Let's be real. But it felt nice to celebrate with him, and his celebration was pretty cool. <laughs> Uh, we have a dog in the building. My dog is really not liking me right now. Um, she, she, do you want to say something she, about Pity? Is that she's not a Pity fan. She, she, she thinks he should have scored more goals. I mean, it's what... Look, I've said it once and I've said it twice. Once you score the first one, you'll score multiple of them. The floodgates will alone. open, I believe Just the cliche it is. It was time coming, Piper. It was going to happen. Good. Glad that I've addressed that now because we, we can argue about this later, Piper. But his celebration, his celebration, his celebration dusting, off, dusting off his bad luck and mm-hmm. the sort of, you know, frustrations that he's had. And it showed his change in attitude when he got subbed out. He was a lot happier. I was actually sat, somehow I managed to luck my way into some club seats and I oh, sat right you? behind the bench. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's, you know he, he went and said, you know, good game. He was happy with being taken off. And, I think he knew, shit, we've got a, a schedule ahead and yeah. I'm not going to last 90 minutes in the four games over the next sort of two weeks. You know what I found, though, with the, the past couple of games outside of the one game against uh, Colorado, I believe, where he had that reaction, that he's, he's, he's been more understanding. I mean, it's, it's him coming into a groove, I think, is what he was most frustrated with, is that when he was taken off uh, at that game at that point in time when he was subbed for... Tito, I believe it was. He was right at the precipice of of making a contributing goal, and I think that that's what frustrated him. Yeah, he was, he was subbed off right as he'd found his flow, right. and of course you're going to be pissed off right. just as you're about to find yourself. I did read some interesting stuff about his post game interview when he was asked, you know, how much pressure he felt on scoring yeah. goal. He said no pressure. Play for River Plate. How did you feel about that? Because I know I've read mixed reviews some people thinking mm, kind of a bit arrogant a bit of a weird flex whatever people wanted to say but I, I don't think it is though because the the Boca and, and River rivalry is it's real is real it's renowned <laughs> it is a well-known rivalry that game is extremely intense there is a lot of pressure on that match and on that rivalry not only in the stadium obviously outside of the stadium what we saw what happened last year there, there is a lot going into that game. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it is a rivalry, and yes, Pity loves scoring at rivalry games, but it's just still this point of where MLS is still in its early stage of being accepted yeah. yes. around the world as a, as a place to play soccer. It's, yeah. it's not somewhere, and I hate to be disrespectful, but it's not somewhere that kids in other countries grow up and dream, oh, one day I'm going to play in MLS. Yeah. They're not thinking about it's that. It's not there yet. I mean, you, you're you going to have multiple years of us getting up to there, getting the prestige of having that, uh, I guess, chip on our shoulder taken off from anybody that is in MLS, this idea that 
we are where stars go to die. <laughs> it's what, that's a stereotype in England. Stereotype. It's just, Absolutely. We've seen Absolutely. Beckham, we've seen... It's changed. Obviously, we've seen it change over the past couple of years, um, especially when we talk about the transfers going out that's going to eventually change the conversation as well. But there, it is still known around the world as, as not to the level of a La Liga or obviously Premier League. Uh, Premier League or Serie A or any of those leagues because those are they've been around for a very long time we are still a baby in this market or not in this market but in this sport so it's just it's gonna take time and I think I think the this idea that the pressure can be put on a player who's already experienced what some consider the ultimate pressure is a little um it's just a, it's a play at trying to get a, a conversation started when it's not really there, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I will say, this goes back to the whole idea of subbing off. He subbed off for Jeff. Mm-hmm. Or Jeff subbed on for him. I probably said that wrong, but that was Jeff's 400th appearance in an MLS game. That makes him the third MLS player to have ever reached that cap. And I do think it was really funny. I don't remember who pointed this out, but everybody's congratulating Jeff on social media. He does not have social media, so I think it's a sort of like really fun. It's because he's made 400 appearances. Yeah. Was was Twitter even a thing when he started playing in MLS? I don't think so. <laughs> we could go back and ask. Well, questions to Jeff. <laughs> Why are you still listening to CDs? And was Twitter a thing when you started? And do you have a BlackBerry? And do you have a BlackBerry? I'm sure he has BBM. That feels like something he would have. I feel like he has or a flip phone, <laughs> like one of those really old flip phones. That there's not even like a picture on the front of it. It's just you flip it open and then you type the letters. Or the mum phone or with the, the freaking <laughs> finger pin. But we were talking about fours and I wanted to touch on Joseph and the different way he's playing and how much I like how he's playing. I know a lot As of people. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people have been not critical, but like to see him as just the finisher. But mm-hmm. what a fantastic job he's done in dropping back and getting involved in the play and the link-up play. Incredibly. His skill base is huge, and we haven't really had a chance to showcase that in the past. He never really got a chance to show his footwork, his uh, possession play, his passing play. But some of the link-up moves he made were absolutely stellar, and it was mm-hmm. almost unrecognizable the difference in the way he played, and it was exciting. I think he knew going into this year, I mean, with the uh, the conditioning and the training that he did prior, that he was going to be playing a different role. That's something he he knew going in, and, and, and he, being the great player he is, was willing to take that challenge. I mean, there is a prestige and, and a, recollation, a recognition that he got, obviously, with the amount of goals he, goals he scored last year and, and obviously the year prior, and the way that he is this sort of lethal weapon inside the box, and he's still that very much, but it, it, him playing as a false nine in the system, and DeBoer said it as well, that he feels like Joseph is playing incredibly well, and this is exactly <laughs> the way he wants him to play with his link of play and dropping back it it is adding more pressure on the defense because he is unpredictable just like Tito is unpredictable you've got these two unpredictable players coming at you on on the defensive line and you're having to decide going one way or the other or or who you mark more it, it's just it allows the the attack going forward as a as a combination to be that much more dangerous yeah Joseph is just so versatile and it's nice for him to get to show a different element of his play and the goals will come but it shows that he's a team player too he doesn't really care about the goals for himself he cares about the team winning and that's nice this is his home team this is his home city um him signing that five-year deal at the beginning of this season like told us that he's prepared to stay here he's prepared to be the 
the face of this team. And he is in every facet and form. He is the face of this team. That going forward, let's talk about the, the match upcoming in Vancouver. It's obviously a late kickoff for anybody here on the East Coast. It starts at 10 p.m. So I will most likely be <laughs> in bed with my dog beside me just streaming on my laptop, probably tweeting away while it's going on. But it, it's a late kickoff. It's, it's a hard adjustment from East Coast to West Coast. And also, they're not bringing the starting 11 that they had, or the start, not even the starting 11, the starting 18 that they had going to Vancouver. I mean, we obviously heard today, either today or yesterday, my days are mixed up, I apologize, uh, that uh, Nagby and Parkhurst will not be making the trip, which is... Uh, Something very interesting because it leads into this conversation of rotation. And I think it's an important rotation. When you've got someone Parkhurst's age, you know, mm -hmm. he's played a lot of minutes. He is getting older. Mm -hmm. And with all due respect... Wait, he's getting older? <laughs> That's how that happens? Oh, my God. I had no idea. <laughs> but as he reaches that age yeah. where you don't see that many professionals yeah. playing into, you know, your mid-late 30s. Interestingly, the oldest player in the Premier League last year was 38 and he just retired. He said he went to bed at 9 p.m. His name's Bruno. He went to bed at 9 p.m. every single day. Bruno at uh, Brighton Hove Albion, who, you know, let City beat them and took away Liverpool's right, Premier yes. League. So mm -hmm. Bruno's not very popular. It's definitely all but his fault. 38 years old, but goes to bed at 9 p.m. every day. I don't think Parkhurst is going to bed at 9 p.m. every I day. I don't think so. That, that, I, I see Parky as, like, a little, a little bit of a rebel rouser, <laughs> but he hides it well. <laughs> But under, his, <laughs> under his sucker, uh, his seersucker shorts that I just imagine Parky would wear as a seersucker. Do you know what seersucker no, is? I have no idea what you're talking I'll about. I'll have to show you. It's, it's this... It, anybody who doesn't know what I'm talking about with seersucker, look it up. It's, it's undoubtedly something that I would see Parky end up wearing. But anyway, at his age... It, it wouldn't be smart to play too many minutes. You want to reserve mm -hmm. him for games where you feel he'll be best used. And then right. with Nagby, I mean, Nagby's a workhorse. He probably didn't want to get rested. He probably feels good in himself. But you've got to, you've got to save him for yeah. important, more important, more challenging games like the one at Red Bulls. Yes. You know, I feel like if you look at your two threats, you look at Vancouver on Wednesday and you look at Red Bulls on Sunday, you save your best team for Red Bulls because you your see them as more of a threat than Vancouver. Yeah, absolutely. And you you do also have to look at the quality of, uh, of um, f fitness going out of the match against Orlando. Nagby in the second half looked tired. Mm -hmm. And if you're playing as we have been playing uh, since the beginning of the season, a, a possession-based uh, system, you want your dominant pit bull in the midfield to be well and rested to go against a pressing team mm -hmm. to be able to maintain that possession, mm -hmm. to be able to stop the press. You want Nagby to be rested, well rested, and, and giving him, I feel like, that week to prepare for New York is incredibly smart. In and opinion. it's not just the 90 minutes of game, it's the travel, too. It's, the yeah. travel is draining, the plane rides, the, yes. the change in time. Speaking from, you know, we understand that. It's tough when you change time zones. It, it takes some adjusting. So I think it's a smart move. But also we do have the squad depth. We do have players that need first, first team minutes because as much as some of them have been getting minutes with the twos or getting their subbed in minutes here and there, nothing compares with... You know, first team minutes in MLS. Yeah. 
Uh, so let's go into a little bit about the the opponent we're looking to face, Vancouver Whitecaps, and then we can talk a little bit about who we might think mm-hmm. would slot into those positions that uh, would be squad rotation. Mm-hmm. So Vancouver is coming off of, honestly, a hot streak that they haven't really had in a long a long time. So they're coming off of where they won three games straight. Uh, all game wins were by one goal. Well, so, they've won two games straight and then one tie. So they're uh, unbeaten yeah, so, in three. Thank you. Unbeaten in three, but still, it's it's they're not the most pressing team in a way of war. Their, their attack is not the most lethal, but they are a hard team to go against. So even though they might not be somebody you worry about as much as the Red Bulls, they're still not a cakewalk at all. And additionally, one of the things that might be to their detriment is that their midfield key center starting piece, John Arise, yesterday at training, uh, went down screaming in pain and had to be helped off the field. So they're going to be missing their star midfielder. Uh, they'll most likely start Felipe, as we all know from last season's game against Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, he's a little bit of a, a hothead, so that will be interesting to deal with. But they aren't necessarily the white, uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps that we went against last year. They attack differently. They attack more on the left side. So a lot of that pressure is going to be going through Escobar. It's going to be going through Gressel. And how do they handle that? And how do we uh, create from understanding that pressure? Do, uh, is that a saying? question? I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just mesmerized by everything you talked about. Well, do we, do we keep the same style of play that we've obviously honed in on for this season? This idea of possession play, this idea of passing. Uh, do we go into Vancouver allowing ourselves to know that they may or may not sit back? Or do we sort of invite them in? I'm a big believer in that you play the style of play that you've been playing all along. I think we talked about this on a previous podcast, that it's actually a concern when you're looking too much into what the opposition does and not enough in confidence in your own ability. Right. Of course, you make the odd adjustments here and there, but if you believe in your style of play and you see it as effective, you can trust your players to handle whatever's thrown at them. Mm-hmm. I think that Escobar looked a little bit tired uh, towards the end uh, this weekend. I think a lot of that's to do with uh, only having a couple of first-team games under his belt since coming back from injury. He's had right. sort of a rocky road with injuries. Uh, Brad Gazan. <laughs> Brad Gazan is, is, is a okay. major component of that. <laughs> so it's tough when you haven't had that flow or you've been broken up in your game time. So I think that he may you know, be a little bit tired. Hopefully he's got his rest. Hopefully he can start. But he might be one of those players that needs, you know, a break later on too, particularly if you talk about that left-hand side being their danger zone. He's going to face a lot of traffic more than likely uh, tomorrow night. So that's an interesting notion that you've brought up is this idea of Escobar possibly needing a break or or at some point he could be subbed out. Who would we put in his place? Would that be Gallagher? Would that, I mean, who would we slot into that right I mean, Gallagher traveled, yes, and he Gallagher has been. Traveled. I've read a lot about him performing pretty well. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's good to give your minutes. I think it depends on how the game's going. I think that you you play your first Team yes. 11 for as long as you can possibly do, and if you start getting comfortable, you make those substitutions earlier. Yeah. You know, you don't want to rotate the squad too much and then, you know, throw away results, and you also don't want to make too many changes early on if it's not going your way. But if you get a couple goals up, if we get two or three early goals... You know, I'm hopeful. 
I'm, I'm ambitious, but if you get too early goals even, yeah. you don't want to make too many changes because you don't want to disrupt that structure. But at the same time, that's when you can make those changes, throw in players under less pressure potentially. If you're thrown into a game where it's nil-nil mm -hmm. and you make a mistake, that's all you know, you're going to blame pressure. yourself and Absolutely. that's not a great way to be introduced to your regular minutes and especially for somebody like Gallagher who has not gotten first team minutes yet yeah. this would be a huge it would be a big ask yeah Absolutely. and you want to protect your younger players mm -hmm. in some sort of way and that's when you can change them at low risk so so in your mind if we're going against Vancouver and we obviously don't have uh Nagby starting and we don't have Parky starting. Are we assuming Breck Shea is going to be on the left and Laurentowitz will be in the midfield with uh, Rometty and then then from that point in time from people who have been on the starting 11 before we'll just start subbing in people who haven't necessarily so Pereira or Gallagher or Man, Kova. I love the way Pereira plays by the way. Fantastic. I, and I, honestly, he maybe I'm biased because no. he's from my, my, my little he area. He's fun to watch. He, he's just young and you see he's got a heart and he's got a spirit and I think he could be a dangerous player because he'll run with the ball he'll take people on he'll pick up fouls so I would like to see him get some minutes I like Merrim a lot yes. when he I came on you've yet so about I, I was just gonna yeah so I think he's oh. a he's an option to put in he played some really exciting yes. soccer you only saw him for five minutes he had three or four touches on the ball but they were all positive he drew yes. a couple of fouls he worked hard he wanted to be on the field mm -hmm. it was exciting to watch so it was very exciting to watch. We, we've got those options now a little bit better I completely um, I know that sounds terrible, but I completely forgot that we we got Maram. Um, my head's so wrapped around who before he came, obviously. But that that is exciting. That's an exciting notion to know that we, for the I don't know. I guess for me, for the first time, feels like we truly have our depth there, and that we're not lacking from injuries. Mm -hmm. uh, same going into the game against the Red Bulls. Uh, from what I believe, Mikey Ambrose has not traveled. He played this past weekend with the twos. Uh, they were uh, away, so he is back into Georgia now. But there is a possibility that we could see Mikey up in New York and on the starting 18 for the Red Bulls. And I think that he would be a great person to slot in for some minutes at left back. Yeah, it's good to have that squad depth, like you say, because mm -hmm. with the schedule that's coming up, you're going to need minutes. Yeah. I, I think Pogba is, yes. is a... We saw him travel. He's a decent option we've only seen him play a few first uh minutes i've read some good stuff about him in the twos but i think he can control the ball nice mm -hmm. he's a bit of a risk taker as well a little bit yes. too confident on the ball i wouldn't want to have him and lgp on the same field i think <laughs> brad might actually go through cardiac arrest if that happened but he, he's a good one too because we forget that lgp never comes off the field you know mm -hmm. and he's a tank and he's got it but at the end of the day if, you, if you're going up several goals, it's okay to give people a break. Right. It, it's okay to switch things out, and it's good for Frank to watch, because I know he goes to watch the twos games, as mm -hmm. we learned. Um, but, you know, there's, there's a completely different world to watching someone play in a twos game. And that's no disrespect to the USL, but it's it's a different level. It it's a, a different, different kettle of fish. You're with a different group of players, and you cannot judge how someone performs with one group of 11 compared to when they play with you know, your mm -hmm. first team 11. So Absolutely. I think it could be a, a nice stage, but I think we shouldn't write off Vancouver. We shouldn't under underestimate it at all. And I think it could be a tough game, particularly because of the amount of games we played in a short space of time. So I would agree. The the lack of uh, to rest, honestly. It's mm -hmm. just, uh, it's the expiring, expiring. Uh, it's the... Working of the vessels. The words will not come to me right now. Uh, but that is also... 
interesting that you mentioned the Jews because that reminded me that Carlton also traveled. So we've been hearing all of this talk with Carlton and... What did you make of those comments? If anyone doesn't know about it, Frank basically called Carlton out in an in a, in a accurate way from what in we've experienced. In an accurate professional way. Yeah. Yes, that absolutely. He's just a little bit too immature at the moment and he's not focused and his, maybe his soccer isn't taking the priority in his life right now. There's some other distractions. Do you think that was the right thing to do publicly? I know I've read a few things about now he's kind of going to have that tag for the rest of his life he's going to be the guy that I don't think he'll have that tag for the rest of his life I think that is a coach knowing that a player is not focused appropriately uh, I would imagine that he's had talks with him before mm -hmm. or that something's been said to him before and in a world where for young people social media does matter a lot that might be a way to sort of put him under the the lights were you a bit disappointed because I don't I know he's young Mm -hmm. I mean, if you, you know, even young compared to me, I like to think of myself as a youngster. But, you are young. You are but young. I think that he should have learned. I thought sitting him out of the the parade was a really tough thing to do. But I thought yes. that was, I thought that was going to be a kick up the ass that he needed a wake up call, you know. And it seems that maybe, and we don't know the full story of what right. Frank's referencing, but I, I know a few people that have seen Andrew in the club a few times, picking up a few lady friends. Ah, okay. Um, and do we think that maybe he should have learned his lesson? That was a pretty brutal punishment. Do it you, is a very beautiful... I, I beautiful, mean, be brutal. brutal, brutal. Bru there's a big difference between brutal and my beautiful. Word, my mouth is not working. Brutal is what so I was... So you've had um, injections to take yes, your canines blah, out. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but no, I think that is. That was a very distinct punishment. And I mean, for some... For as much as his club I know means to him, that was a very hard thing. I mean, there were the academy club. kids on the bus and not Andrew Carlton. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, there yeah. was U13 academy got to go yeah. on and, the bus. Yeah, Carlton did not. And yeah, that should have been a kick in the butt. But obviously, it wasn't. And then at what point in time do, do you... Oh, I'm, at that point in time, it's on him. It is on him. The, I have seen a lot of people, I've grown up with a lot of people that have been that have had the same sort of thing. They're very talented and they just throw it away. Mm -hmm. And it's not that he's throwing away. He's in training and he's doing all these things, but it's the lack of focus because there are other things going on in your life and maybe you're trying to do too many things at once. Uh, you're, you're trying to make your social life a priority as the same as you're trying to make your professional career and it just ends up being this whole... He's a horny teenager in a Jaguar. He's a horny teenager, teenager in a, a Jaguar. To be fair, he changes cars every two weeks as well. So I think he's Thank enjoying... Thank you, associate producer, Gerald. Just he's producer a, in general. He's definitely enjoying being known as an Atlanta United player. Yes. But is he, he is really getting Is he really getting the experience of an Atlanta United player that he could be if he was focused? No. And I think he's getting the chicks, but not the game time. So, I mean, he's got to think in his head... He's getting what, the chicks, but not the balls. <laughs> I was really hoping something witty was going to come up in my head as I said chicks, and it didn't, and you hit me. So, yeah, he, he's not getting many touches on the balls. But, it, 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 but that's what it is, though. Yeah. It absolutely is. Because he had first-team potential. I mean, and he, he still, still does. does. Yes, and I'm not, he still look, does. We're not writing him off. I'm going to get a load of hate because I'm picking on a child. No. Uh, but... Come on, you have the best opportunity in front of you in the world. So many people would freaking kill for that. You are extremely talented. It's at this point that you just realize that 
with that talent comes responsibilities. I'm quoting Spider-Man right now. What? <laughs> with great talent and abilities comes responsibility as well. So, put it away. So, Spider-Man that shit. All I gotta say. I don't know how I feel. <laughs> He's doing no, plenty he of that. Exactly He's doing plenty of that. People know exactly what I mean. About <laughs> he caught me. Oh wow. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, let's. Oh my just, As an update for some people, the we're gonna do game time. So Vancouver obviously will be playing today. Today, if you're listening to this, at 10 p.m. tonight. So set your DVRs if you do not want to stay up for it. Although I don't know why you wouldn't. Get drinking coffee. Stay up. Just drink coffee. Just a lot of. A lot of Red Bulls, which Red Bulls coming up will be Sunday, May 15th at 5 p.m. Obviously, Eastern Standards. Exciting update. You're going. Yes. So, if you have not been uh, paying attention, obviously, to social medias, uh, both me and Jay and Devin and Tanner from Atlanta United Fan TV are all going up to the Red Bulls game. We are going to be having uh, some wonderful discussions with some wonderful people. We are going to be able to do a live studio recording with the Cooligans at Medicine Square Garden. How awesome is that? I'm pretty jealous. Maybe I should just... Who needs a dog? Who needs a dog? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so excited to do that. If you have not reserved your RSVP for that live studio audience, do they still have a chance, Jay? They still, you still have a chance. I mean, it's 2 p.m. on a Friday. It's 2 p.m. on a Anyone in New York should be working. 1 p.m. Whoops. 1 p.m. on a Friday. Sorry. I, that's why means, I'm not going. No, it's just play hooky. You don't need to go to work. You're fine. And, oh, here she comes. It's our third cast member. Yay. Um, But 1 p.m. on a Friday Ew. is the, stu- uh, so, is the cool again studio recording. We're doing a bunch of other awesome stuff that I can't get into yet. But we will be having coverage from the Red Bulls game. A lot of social media content will be coming out of this. A lot of just great content in general will be coming out of this. Stay tuned to all of the social medias for that. It's going to be extravagant, wonderful, and absolutely soccer amazing. So I cannot wait for it. I can't wait for it. I'm super excited. Super excited. That being said, uh, we do... Have an iTunes review. And it's a nice one, because there was one not so nice one. <laughs> there was a three-star one we did the last episode, which we appreciate your commentary. Next time, just give us five stars. <laughs> uh, so this one, uh, do you want to go ahead and take this away while I try to deal with my dog? Yeah, it says it's from Summer Yada, and it was five stars. Great podcast about supporter culture around Atlanta United and community as a whole. Hey! Thank you, Samayada. I don't know why I'm high-fiving myself. High-fiving Jay behind the camera. Woo! We do. We do a lot of great, wonderful content for the the soccer community as a whole. And And we're so humble. We're so humble. Uh, We do have something possibly coming up in the works. Pretty certain coming up. So June 1st. We'll announce that when we have the details Mm -hmm. and the ability. Just keep June 1st. You know, find your calendar. Put a little circle around June 1st before the Champions League. And... You know. Swear it out. Be ready to go. Something It'll be fun. about something about mimosas. Bottomless. Bottomless I believe the keyword is. Whoa, that accent. Oh. That was a, It was a bottomless <laughs> mimosas. You sound like you're from. Mimosas. Are you from Cockneyland? Well, I'm from oh. Cockneyland. Bottomless mimosas. 
Jesus Christ. Mary Poppins just rolled in the grave. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Poppins just rolled in the grave. That's what he just said. So anybody that wanted to hear what Jay just mumbled to me. Uh, but that sort of is it. I mean, are there any closing words you'd like to say? No, but let's, well, let's break the record. You know, we're, we're tied yes. right now for that four consecutive shutout wins. Why not make it five? You know, we have already broken so many records. What's another one, really? I know Kuzan really wants that record. Yes. Oh, my God. And he's going to be like, love it. fuck you, Jess, for criticizing <laughs> me and always being so mean. Post-match comments. Just wait for them. <laughs> Jess, you know who you are. <laughs> my feet work fine, thank you. <laughs> Uh, but that's it for our show. I mean, we really hope you like it. I'm glad we're back at our studio. Yes. It feels good. feels like home. Uh, but that being said, like, subscribe, share this episode if you're watching it on the Atlanta Fan TV YouTube channel. Share, like, comment, subscribe. I just said that. I'm saying it again because it's important. <laughs> we appreciate your feedback. We appreciate your likes. We appreciate you sharing this with your friends. We're a shareable experience. <laughs> Uh, that being said, where can they find you, Jess? I will be at Jessica ATL UTD on Twitter. You can find our wonderful producer, Jay Riddle, at J underscore Riddle on all the socials. And you can find me at the Kelly Francis on all the socials as well. And you can find all of us, most importantly, in one beautiful little package at Unrel ATL on all the social medias. We've got a lot of stuff coming out. Stay tuned. We cannot wait to give it to you. Whoa! <laughs> Andrew Carlton, she's talking to you. Oh my God.